Hello, nerds. It is Dan the Lonely Havoc back for yet another podcast. The podcast that talks about tabletop war games, role-playing games, and all the other cool aspects of the tabletop wargaming hobby, including you, my favorite part of the hobby, the people that play them. In today's podcast, I will be speaking about the new Star Trek Adventures role-playing game group that I just started and give you some updates about that. I will be talking to my buddy Mike DeGreenskins and asking him the 20-odd questions and to round it out, a little bit of Warhammer 40k updates on my Nurgling Strike list. I'm going to give you the list and my concepts behind it and how it's been doing on the tabletop. So please sit back, relax, put your feet up, pour yourself a cup of tea, Earl Grey Hot, and listen to the only podcast with an incredibly high wisdom stat, but a very low intelligence stat. The Havoc Cast, podcast number 10. As you all know, I love Star Trek, and I love role-playing games, so what's better than both of those together but a Star Trek role-playing game? And I did talk about this on another podcast that I was getting prepared to begin a campaign with a new group of players. And yesterday afternoon, we had our first session, and it went it went pretty well, I would say. Anytime you start a new game system, things are always a little rough as you're sort of piecing together the rules and flipping through the rule book and trying to figure out how interactions work. But overall, I think it went pretty good. I was running a pre-generated story uh, campaign module from Modifius, and I have to tell you, that kind of slows me down a little bit since I don't want to create a situation in the story that um, later on the story says couldn't have happened or shouldn't happen, so you have to be very careful about you know sort of the path that you let your players go down, and it's a lot of kind of leading them back onto the rails, uh, so to speak. So that always kind of slows me up a little bit and feels a little constricting, but uh, it was kind of a good starting point for us since it was specifically a beginner's uh, scenario. So it, it kind of slowly folded in a lot of the rules and a lot of the different roles and things that you could make. So for all of us, it actually worked out pretty well. But I am excited to write my own uh, adventure for Star Trek. I do my own adventures for Star Wars. I write all of them myself. And it just creates a lot of freedom as a game master for me to change the story or flip the story around. Or, you know, I kind of always have a basis for what's happening overall in that world. Whereas in a pre-gen, I have to sort of stick to the script. And it just, um, I don't know, makes it a little hard for me to work as a game master. I guess I want to let my imagination do other things, but um, I don't want to break the game or mess it up. So... The group I have is small at the moment. There's three players, myself GMing, of course. Um, we have an Andorian engineer by the name of Keb Shrirok. And we have a Tolarian security slash ops officer named Grog Talas. And then we have a half Vulcan, half Betazoid. I almost couldn't remember <laughs> what she was. Half Vulcan, half Betazoid, uh, medical officer, uh, Dr. Bree. Um, we really thought the half Vulcan, half Betazoid would be a really interesting mashup, and I'm not even sure if that's possible canon-wise in Star Trek, but we're making it happen. So it's a thing. Um, so far, we've decided that they are all fresh out of the Starfleet Academy. Uh, so I actually had the privilege of creating the rest of the bridge officers for the ship they are serving on. We decided they are serving on the USS Magdalena, which is a Nebula-class ship. Uh, has been outfitted with additional medical bay uh, technology, sort of top-of-the-line stuff, and it is a crisis response and emergency response vessel. And this is their first, uh, their first ever ship that they're going to be serving on. I got to create all the bridge crew. I created the captain, the first officer, the chief of medicine, uh, pretty much everybody else on the crew that they get to interact with. So that was a lot of fun. So I actually started off the scenario. Um, I didn't jump right into the pre-generated uh, adventure. 
I let them role play a little bit, let them meet their supervisors and superiors on the ship and did a little role play there. And that was a lot of fun. And then we jumped right in. And this actual adventure involves the neural parasites that were featured in Star Trek Next Generation, probably second or third season. The little parasites that crawled in uh, out of people's mouths and they had like the little antenna things sticking out of the back of the neck. Um, so this adventure actually involves that and it's pretty cool so far. Uh, it's like a three-part adventure. Uh, like I said, it kind of allows the players to slowly try out the different rules and to kind of get a handle on the different things that they can do. Uh, so it's been really good for that. But uh, hopefully next session we'll round that out and finish it up. And I've already got some ideas flowing for a new adventure that I uh, would like to write myself. This group is interested in more of a campaign style uh, where, you know, one adventure sort of uh, is overarching over multiple sessions. My Star Wars group in does like a like they like a episodic sort of style where each uh, adventure is sort of a self-contained with a beginning and an end. So this will be interesting for my Star Trek group doing something that uh, carries out over multiple sessions, which is something I don't normally do. So I'll really have to sort of slow down the pace of when things happen and how things happen, which will be a good challenge for me. Because like I said, episodic style is more my my thing. So I tend to sort of give uh, information and, and data pretty quickly so that way the, you know, the whole thing can be resolved in uh, about four or five hours of role-playing. So if you haven't had a chance, check out the Star Trek Adventures. Very cool um, 2D20 system. A little counterintuitive to some folks who might be used to rolling higher on D20s being a good thing, and this system rolling lower on D20 is a good thing, where 1 is a really good score and 20 is a bad score. So that could be a little confusing for the D&D players out there. But um, overall, I think it's really well-crafted. It's a really interesting, and I'm excited to see where my newbies fresh out of Starfleet go. So far, they've battled a couple of uh, neuroparasite-infected Romulans, and they're sort of uncovering the mystery of how far the neuroparasite invasion goes. And I will definitely give you updates as that goes on. I'm excited to make it all happen. And now, the 20-odd questions with my friend and yours, Mike the green skins how are you mike i am good how about yourself dan i'm living the dream are you ready for the 20 odd questions i am nervously awaiting the 20 odd questions nice <laughs> they're not they're not that odd but that's just what i'm calling them number one all right what's your favorite paint color oh my favorite paint color is a custom color you have to take a little chaos blood and a little white scars to come up with havoc pink <laughs> and that is why I put that shit on everything. Put it on everything. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get you the official stuff. I'll send you. Are you coming to Adepticon this year? No, I'm not going to make Adepticon. I chose to go to uh, LVO. LVO. Yeah. They're so close together. Well, they're one month apart. Yeah. And uh, I can go to Vegas with the wife and we can go see a show at night. We don't necessarily have to just hang out at the at the hotel. So. You can go hang out in Chicago and commit crime, and no one will no one will stop you. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to go to jail. I'm precious, and I don't want to get violated. Um, so I choose not to, to commit crime. Oh well, well I'm bringing a bunch of havoc pink with me to Adepticon and giving it away. So you're gonna miss out, friend. Well, um, I can continue to make my own with some <laughs> corn blood and white scars, and we'll be good. <laughs> what's what's your New Year's resolutions? Oh, man. Well, one of them is one of the things floating around on social media right now called uh, hashtag Paint Hammer 2019. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have. Yeah, it's from, uh, I, I think she goes by Jess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it's just logging your progress throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So that's one of, like last year, I painted a ton of models. And at the end of the year, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> right. Oh, you just like have no clue what yeah. just happened. Yeah, it's like, where did everything go? Like, I packed it away, boxed it away, mm. gave it away, did something with it. So this year, I'm going to actually log everything. So I think that's one of my big ones. The other the other thing I want to do is uh, get out and paint more with people. Uh, I, don't, I love my painting studio and hanging out at the house and all that good stuff. Mm. 
but I actually want to get out to the stores and, you know, I got a GW store probably 15 minutes from my house. I've got yeah. my, my local friendly game store that I pretty much grew up in. Uh, but it's about 45 minutes from my house. So I just want to get out more and paint. I think that's a, I've learned everything I learned about painting. I learned from hanging out with other people. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, so, cool. that's why the conventions are fun, especially like Adepticon has the, what do they call it? Like the paint area. Yeah. It's like right there under the stairs. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, that's just, you know, something people need to take advantage of. Uh, yeah, I pop my head in there, but I always feel like I'm bugging people because, like, when I'm painting, I'm so focused on painting that I don't talk very much, or I like I have to make an effort to like speak because I'm so like focused. So, like, that for me doesn't work very well. But I'm, you know, that's actually a good resolution. I'm gonna try to get out of that. Yeah, get out there and paint with people. You'll learn more. I'm actually giving some painting classes at my local game store this year. Uh, the manager hit me up and said hey will you do some classes and we'll pay you in store credit and i said yes <laughs> <laughs> you did uh you did one last year didn't you do a i don't was it I, a, an event it was at a, con, uh, a convention in st louis and you know uh scooty puff old brush wizard yes Scoot I McGroot, yeah fergie ferg yeah he came down and we did the convention and the convention was actually pretty awful but we did do a couple of classes and um you know it was fun to kind of get get the uh, get a class together like you know you kind of figure out what you're going to teach and like how you're going to teach it and then you get all your supplies and it kind of fell flat unfortunately but this will work out a lot better because the game store has you know actual customers and much more support so. well and you're kind of the local there so people know oh, you yeah so yeah be that built-in yeah. audience exactly and that's people ask me all the time like when they're doing commission stuff like how they start how do I start a commission business? I was like, well, go to your game store, paint all, all your stuff, bring it with you, and play games and let people see it. And so people always stop me, well, how did you do this? How did you do that? And I don't think I'm a great painter by any means, but like, you know, it's something that, that I can teach people. So I will teach them. Well, and, and if you just teach them the basics, you know, base yeah. coat, wash, dry brush, maybe some edge highlighting, maybe yep. some blending, but. Yeah, that's really all I need. Yeah. Yeah. You'll go. People can go a long way. So I think sometimes we get we overcomplicate things. Oh, sure. And we try to we try to make painting more than it needs to be. And it really doesn't need to be that complicated. You know, I am like the least complicated painter of all time. If people saw how I painted stuff, they'd be like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> what kind of a mess is he making over there? And I literally just make huge messes like all over the place, like literally just like splattering paint on stuff. I'm like, oh, it's fine. That's good. And then it all sort of it's like falling down the stairs and landing on your feet. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it's always fun. So, yeah, but if you get out and paint with people, I think that's always a plus. So. And if right. you need 300 night goblins to paint for your class, just let me know. I'll send them oh, to you. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, what motivates you to work hard? What motivates me to work hard is, yeah. uh, is seeing a project come to completion. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be hobby related, but just life in general is, you know, working around the house, you know, painting, you know, painting the house or doing yard work or something, just seeing a completed project is what keeps me motivated. I hate having things unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. That bugs me. So I'm always, I'm always motivated to try to finish a project I started, you know, right now I just pulled out all my iron jaw models. It's an army. I started painting last year and this year I'm going to finish it off. I got, you're going to finish it. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to finish this army. So I just want to, and I'm one of those guys, I'm, I'm very, you know, shiny stuff distracts me all the time, and I have oh, lots of projects, and 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 people think I'm a hoarder because I kind of am, and I have army projects all over the place. But I just like I like to see stuff get finished. Yeah, and that's important to me. Just you know, set those little goals. Like right now, I'm trying to fish, finish a 50 power level custodes army for a tournament we got coming up. Mm -hmm. So I'm just working hard on that, and that's what keeps me going. What was the last movie you went to? Aquaman. Aquaman. What did you think about Aquaman? Um, it was very colorful. Yeah, and made me want to play the Deacon. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I'm always fascinated by how much the Games Workshop lore is being influenced in movies these days. Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean yeah. everything influences everything else, though. Like, yes, there's really no original ideas anymore. <laughs> well, and if you watched Aquaman, you know, obviously my wife was. Wanting to watch Aquaman for different reasons, um, mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, 
the you know the shark riding you know guys look you know, yeah for sure yeah that's the first thing I thought when I saw him too I was like oh cool it's Deepkin yeah <laughs> I watched uh, what was the last uh, Avenger movies Infinity Stone oh yeah Infinity Wars yeah yeah Infinity those guys looked like Tyranid uh, yeah. Like, Creatures yeah. coming out with the forearms. I'm like, oh, those are Tyranid. <laughs> so, yeah, like the giant monster at the end looked like a Tyranid too, Aquaman. Yeah, so it's just kind of neat how that stuff kind of is influenced. But yeah, Aquaman was the last movie. We enjoyed it. It was it was good. Um, I think I went into it thinking it was going to be better than it was, so I was a little disappointed. But I think if I watched it again and kind of watched it for like just a mindless sort of silly movie, it would be a lot better. And that's exactly kind of what it, I think it had. And again, I wasn't an Aquaman fan as far as uh, comic books or anything goes. Mm-hmm. But with him whipping his hair back and doing all those kind of cheesy <laughs> moves, I'm like, well, maybe that's how Aquaman was in the movie, uh, in the comic books. I don't know. Yeah, so, he didn't have but hair. It's <laughs> like a blonde the one, guy. <laughs> the one thing that bugged me was the his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever when she when I saw her. All I could think about was the blonde from Sharknado. Okay. I don't know if you've watched Sharknado. I've, I, they've been on when I've been in the room, but I didn't really watch them. <laughs> yeah. The blonde just reminded me so much of the blonde from Sharknado. I don't know if it was her facial structure or what, but that's all I could imagine when I saw her on the screen, which was kind of a little bit of a distraction because I thought it was funny. So that took you out of the immersion, the realness <laughs> of the film? <laughs> It, it, it distracted me from paying attention. Was like I was just waiting for a chainsaw arm to come out and start chainsawing all those uh, sharks underwater. Nice. So, yeah. <clears throat> if you could go back in time, what year would you travel to? Oh man, there's so many great years to go back to. Get but one. I, I've just <laughs> got to pick one, huh? Um, I, I'd probably go back to early '60s. So let's say like 1963-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, just to to see our country at that time when a lot of things were changing and it, we were really positive growth for our country, um, but the music scene, oh yeah, sixties yeah. music was just some of the best music out there. Very influential. Yes, and just really talented musicians, not kind of like what we have today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> But to see some of the 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 late great bands like the the Doors and Hendrix yeah. and you know see yeah, yeah, when sure. they were at their prime you know see that kind of stuff you know I'm, I'm I like that era of music and that time in the country was a a good time so yeah it's so tough though because you know folks like obviously older gentlemen such as ourselves <laughs> when we listen to newer music we're like oh what is this but everything's been done you know like it's so hard to do anything original so musicians now are like pushing and reaching and like you know utilizing technology in different ways to create different sounds and different music and to us it's like what the fuck is that but like (laughs) to them it's like you know they have to do something extreme different to like differentiate differentiate themselves because they can only only do like the same riffs over and over again and like different you know different order you know what i mean so it's so hard and and, and come up with that original idea uh, with I don't music. know if there's any original ideas anymore. Like yeah. it's, it yeah. feels like it's all been done, but yeah. Well, maybe that's why that time period, you know, because everything was still new. Guitar, yeah, yeah exactly. Guitar were new. Everything mm-hmm. was. Just, mm-hmm. It was just cutting edge stuff back then. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I missed something in the recording era of when bands used to all go to the studio at the same time. And right, right. Out, where today it's kind of all phoned in and yeah, you know, it's I don't know, it's just different. You just want to go back there and do acid and dance naked in a park with a bunch of with a bunch of chicks. That's the <laughs> hidden part of that. I'm not going to deny there's some benefits to going back to that time, but yeah, the music was good. <laughs> and and music. And music. Yes, there we go. What's the last game you played, and did you win? Uh, last. Well, I. I Lately, with the holidays, uh, my wife and I have just been playing some board games and card games at home. Mm-hmm. And last night we played a card game called Keyforge, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's hit your scene over there in in, in your neck of the woods. I have seen it. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's like a new collectible trading card game, and the decks are like pre built kind of thing. 
Yeah, decks are unique. Not much of a collectability to it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's awareness to cards, but there's no value because outside of your deck, it's worthless. You don't construct decks like Magic or anything. Uh, okay, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the, the packs, like, at the store. Yeah, so wife and I played that. She she slaughtered me the first game. I beat her up. <laughs> game i called it quits when i was ahead because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i didn't want to well, it sounds like you were it sounds like you were tied so you're not really ahead <laughs> well in my world being <laughs> I'm, a, I'm i'm good I, right she, she didn't win both games and we've also been playing uh harry potter code names oh okay uh, which is a neat you know kind of deduction type game it's kind of fun it's good for two players uh harry potter is because it's based on a different version of code names which is called mm-hmm. De- but you're actually playing against the board and not each other. Okay, it's like a cooperative sort of thing. Yeah. My wife and I like to play a lot of co-op games because that way I'm not too competitive. Uh, okay, is that like one of the conditions of her playing games with you? <laughs> she just doesn't like that side of me. Oh, <laughs> like, I got you. She'll play 40K with me, but I really have to tone it down a little bit. And uh, okay. I, I can sometimes just, you know, get a little... Little mean and kills things that I'm that she likes. Yeah, is she uh, is she one of the like my wife? Like back in the day when I didn't have any uh, friends or like a, a scene to play in, my wife would play 40k with me every once in a while just so I would have so I could play. Because yeah. when I when I lived in Florida, the store that was there like was really crappy and just I didn't like any of the people. And I really really wanted to play. She's like, all right, I'll play with you, but you basically have to tell me how everything works, you know. Just to just to play, but you know she doesn't she doesn't really have any real interest. But now that I have like a group of people that play, she's like, no, I don't have to play with you now. You have friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my my wife just likes hanging out with me. So oh, that's cool. she, she's like, she, what's that she actually, like? Huh? <laughs> what's, that? Oh, what's that like? <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of cool, but. <laughs> uh, my so, wife's yeah. gonna listen to this and be like, oh, okay, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> she actually has a Death Guard army. Oh, oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, we uh, a friend of is actually painting it. Oh, how many bloat drones does she have? Uh, how many we bought? I got three of the Dark Imperium box sets. Mm-hmm. So how many came in Dark Imperium? Like two? One. One. Yeah, so I got, one. got three there plus whatever came out, like a box of whatever came out after that because I wanted the lawnmower blades. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bloat so. drone, drone's the best. Yes, I, I hear you like them. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> Like I actually have six of them right now, and I would like to get three more so that way I can just run like nine bloat drones, and like pretty much that's it. But I don't think anyone would play with me if I did that. Oh, I'd, my orcs would love to go up against that. Let's do it. And we'll just throw a bunch of orcs in the blades and clog them all up yep. with them dead. And, and then eventually, yeah, eventually you'll come out on top. Dang, I'll, I'll have one dude left, but I'll still be there. So. so, what should be the universal punishment for people who are caught cheating at games? Oh, banishment. Completely from all games? Just no, just for a day or two. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't banish somebody you got for soft. Uh, <laughs> just, soft. A, just a day or two. Just just banishment and public humiliation. I think that's enough. I think that should pay. That should be the price. But that it'd have to be out and out cheating. Like we all forget a rule or we forget something. That's not that's not cheating. That's not cheating. Or we mis misread something because GW rules are sometimes kind of misleading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's like there's like you plan to do something and you know that you're doing it and you know that it's wrong. That's definitely yeah. cheating. But like forgetting a rule that would like help your opponent, then that's not. I mean, you just forgot it. Whatever. Yeah, you just made a mistake. And you know, I play. I don't. Do you ever play Blood Bowl? Uh, uh, I've played it like once or twice. Yeah. Blood Bowl is famous for people forgetting rules or making mistakes, but it's actually encouraged to cheat in that game. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you can act, so if you need to cheat, if you feel like oh, I just I just have to cheat and I have to yeah. play Blood Bowl because you're there allowed you to cheat the game all you want, and if you get caught, there's a penalty. You lose uh, reroll tokens or your something negative happens to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually allowed in the game. Cheating is you know fouling people when they're down is okay. Uh, and cheating is perfectly allowed. Nice. You pay a price if you get caught. So, But two different worlds. Just don't um, get caught. Yeah, don't get caught. But yeah, banishment. If, you, if you're if you intentionally cheating, man, it banish you for a while and uh, public humiliation, and then we're good. What was the last book you read? The last book I ever read? 
Oh man, I'm not much of a reader. Um, but believe it or not, the the books I I do enjoy reading are the old fighting fantasy uh, choose your own adventure books. Oh yeah, and I actually have a small. I do. I, I don't know if that would actually constitute count as reading. Yes, uh, I mean it's a book, great. Yeah, it's a book. It's kind of a book. But uh, I did the Death Trap Dungeon recently. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. That I just those. That's my RPG fix in life. Is uh, is playing those because I don't really have a lot of time to sit and commit to a long term campaign mm-hmm. uh, for an RPG. But you know those fight and fantasy books, I I love them. Uh, the old Steve Jackson, Ian Livingston books, and I have a small collection. I'm trying to get the fifty six Green Spines. Um, they're all, all from Puffin Publishing. Okay. So I'm trying to track those down, but it's it, I like hunting for them. I don't want to just buy them off of eBay or something stupid like that. Right, yeah. You want to actually, like, it's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, that's kind of the fun of having any kind of a collection hobby. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I know these days we can go to eBay and, and we can do all that kind of stuff. But, you know, going to the bookstores, going to the used thrift stores and stuff like that, that's just fun. That's cool. And uh, it's a little bit of enjoyment. Sometimes you just bored. You just want to go out and do stuff. Yeah, searching for books. There you go. I used to do the same thing with records. I used to collect vinyl. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I go out collecting vinyl all the time, hitting all the thrift stores and good, you know, like Goodwills and stuff like that, and going to the used record stores and just hunting for records. That's cool, man. Yeah, I'm a collector. I like to collect stuff. Yeah, I, I would. It's fair to say that most of the folks in this hobby are collectors of some sort. <laughs> We're collectors of stuff, and it's all different stuff for each person. Two, yeah, the two kind of really go hand in hand. Like just having collect. Like my wife gives me a hard time because I also collect many things, but they're like very expensive things. So <laughs> she's just yeah, she's like, oh, you and your collections of stuff. Like, and then I'll collect just stupid stuff like. You know those little Funko Pops and things like that, where I just thought, oh, I like this. I like this series. I'm gonna get all these. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got boys. Bob Ross ones. Nice. Yeah. Those. Uh, there's a few more I want to get, but yeah, I don't. I don't like all the Funko Pops, mm-hmm. but like that. There's certain ones I'm just like, yeah, I want those. I have, um, you know, the uh, Master Replicas lightsabers, the oh. ones that like light up and down, and they have like the, like they're the really nice like hundred something dollar lightsabers. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I collect those. I have almost all of them. And uh, yeah, so my wife's like, this is crazy. Well, because so there's an Asajj Ventress, which I don't know if you follow Star Wars at all, but she has two. She wields double lightsabers. So I had to buy two of them. (laughs) And my my wife's like, this is ridiculous. Why are you buying two? I was like, because Asajj Ventress has two of them. (laughs) (laughs) But that makes sense. That's perfect logic. It it makes sense to me. So they're sitting here. The other and ones are like mounted. To yeah. other collectors of stuff, it makes sense to them. It makes total sense. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, I'll buy some things and keep one in the package and open up everything else. You know, it's just part of the part of the hobby, part of the joy. Is what we do. Yes, if you had is. to change your name, what would you change it to? Oh, <laughs> never thought about changing my name. Um, can I be anybody? Like, do I get the personality of that name? I mean, you can you can try, but you just change your name, like you know. Uh, I don't want to say maybe you get into like some sort of business which involves involves adult films or something. Or, I don't uh, know. You just got to change your name. <laughs> I guess I'll be Lemmy. Why not? Nice. Just <laughs> Lemmy. That's it. Just Lemmy. No last I, name anymore. I mean, he, I mean, he's not using it. I guess that's fair. <laughs> fair enough. But, you know, he's the rock god, so why not be named after a rock god? Why not be Lemmy. If you can be anyone, be Lemmy. The Lemmy. There you go. <laughs> so what, what's been a major turning point in your life? Well, being old, there's been a lot of turning points in my life. Yeah. yeah. High school, marriage, first house. But I'd say the most recent turning point was when my mom passed away. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear that. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been a couple years, but it's mm-hmm. one of those things like, that's it. You know, there's no falling. There's no safety. You, you lose that safety net in life. Sure. Sure. You know, it's like you can always rely on mom to be there for you to help you out with stuff. Um, but when she passed away, that was it. So it was that was a turning point. It's like I, I don't know. I think that's when I became more adult. Like really? I really had, you really have to grow up then. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. So, yeah, that's that was probably the most recent one. So, what lifestyle change have you been meaning to make for a while now? Oh. <laughs> 
lifestyle change, like, I, I think like a lot of people, you know, get fit, get healthy. But the big one that mm-hmm. I changed was I, I kind of quit drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, I drank a lot. <laughs> and, uh, Congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, it's just, I, it's had, it's starting to have such a negative effect on my life. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I kind of crossed that point. It was no longer just fun and enjoyable. It was, mm-hmm. you know, making me sick at night and yeah. just having bad effects. I was like, you know what? I think I just need to quit. So probably about three months ago, I still might have a beer here and there. I'm not like, uh-huh. but it's not like I used to. That's awesome, man. I will always tell people that it's never a bad idea to quit drinking. And I might be biased because myself, I'm in, uh, you, I don't know if we had this discussion, but I'm in recovery. Yeah, you know, right. I gave up booze a long time ago. And every time people are like, oh, I'm thinking about quitting or slowing down. I'm like, there's nothing bad that can come of you drinking less or not drinking at all. Yeah, no, not drinking has been a good thing. Clarity. Uh, oh, yeah. I see a lot of things differently because before it was, yeah, just spent more time focusing on drinking and it just wasn't, it just wasn't good. Absolutely. And it's so like pervasive and, and in a very like insidious way, like you don't even realize it's happening. Yeah. Like you just come home, you're like, oh, I guess I'll just have a drink or two when I get home. And the next thing you know, that's like the reason you're excited to go home. You know what I mean? Or the, exactly that's exactly reason... what it was with me. It was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. then I started drinking like whiskey and vodka because mm-hmm. I was trying back on my calories and i figured hard whiskey would get <laughs> <faster>. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the bad part it's like oh well too many beers to get where i need to be so let me just do some some hard liquor instead yes. and it's that, it's that kind of thinking that like it, it snowballs like big time so but yeah, I, I think the, the wake up was is i i'm on call once a once a month mm-hmm. and i was on call one day and my wife noticed i was shaking oh, oh she called me She's like, "Ooh, you're shaking. What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "No, I." To me, I was like, "Nothing's wrong." And she just she saw this weird shake in me. I was like, "Huh, that's what my dad used to do." And my dad was an alcoholic. Yep. I was like, yep. hey, "I wonder if I'm going down that path." <laughs> so. Yep. You don't have enough in your system, man. You get all shaky. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a wake up call for me. Is when my wife called me out on it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So Good. I made that change. So I quit. Here's the 2019. Thank you, brother. It'll do be this a thing. Fun, a fun year. What's your spirit animal? Oh, my spirit animal is a dog because uh, I'm the year of the dog is when I was born. Nice. <laughs> so, and it's just you know I'm a dog. <laughs> you, like, you like to pee on stuff. You like I, I, to... I, I like to chase things, and sometimes I'm chasing my own tail. That's how life is. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, I just. Uh, I mark my territory and I mark it well. In <laughs> uh, doggy style. I didn't want to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, well, that, one of us had to say it, Mike. My my wife might listen to this. So. <laughs> and people that I'm do sorry. listen to this might know my wife. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> wife. <laughs> so do you play RPGs? And if so, tell me about your character. Well, like I said, I played the, yeah. the Tujo Adventures, but I've gotten into um, the Sherlock Holmes series. Um, they're kind of RPG, but they're like Tujo Adventure, but you're solving a murder or crime. Oh, that's a book? Uh, no, it's a it's a box game, like a, sh- a bookshelf game. Oh, okay. Where you got little oh. modules and you got like newspapers and you read a story and it's all based on Sherlock oh. Holmes. That's kind of cool. Yeah, they've got three different series out. I'm do, I got the I'm doing the Jack the Ripper one right now, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're just you're just kind of reading, and what you're trying to do it's a little bit gamish, is you're trying to solve the crime for that particular book mm-hmm. with the least amount of leads that you have to follow. Like is you don't like a sorry. Go ahead. Is it like a multiple player kind of thing, like one, or is it like a single player sort of thing? You can do it multiple player. So you can get a group, but you know how group think can work sometimes. Coming yeah. from the background, um, <laughs> sometimes group think isn't always the best way to do things. Um, but yeah, you 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 can do it as a social event with other people and have a little bit of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's it's fun, it's entertaining because it's something I can just do, you know, at home and just chill out and read a little bit and. 
and you know document who I'm talking to and writing down clues and stuff. And then uh, you know the choose your own adventures uh, books, um, the fight and fantasy books are also things I like to do. But I prefer those solo RPGs. And again, it's just a time commitment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Setting up like an actual game and getting everyone organized and on the same schedule is super tough. Yeah, it makes it rough. I get but that. I do have Especially char- if you're adults. <laughs> With responsibilities in life. But right. I do have a character. I, I, it's just uh, for my fighting fantasy books. Um, it's uh, 3D printed. My The local shop I hang out with, now, they have, he has a 3D, like a resin 3D printer. Uh-huh, that's cool. And we do the Hero Forge where you can go in and create your own character. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen those. They were at uh, Gen Con. It was like pretty awesome to see. Yeah, so I had a character made. Just a dude with like a turtle shell for a shield and a sword just kind of <laughs> hanging out. I'll just have a table when I'm playing. It's just like spark my imagination a little bit. So. Yeah, that's cool. Did you paint him? Uh, slightly. We're working on it. <laughs> a little slow. Got a few projects. It's one of those projects I got to finish. It's one of the projects. Yes. So what what hobby would you get into if time and money were not an issue? I'd be uh, I'd be in a band. <laughs> I would just be yes. if money and, and time wasn't I would just I would just hire a band <laughs> <laughs> to play with you. <laughs> you're, I'm just gonna you're 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 let's go in this tour around. I would just do the the bar scenes. I wouldn't want to be like doing any arenas or or those um, festival things. Just do the bar scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's just actually play. a really fucking good answer. I, I just I love playing. It's just a, it's just a joy. So when, when's the last time you were in a band? Uh, high school. Oh, ooh, ow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, I went to a, I went to a show on what like the night before New Year's or it was like a couple of days ago and it was like four bands and my buddy plays in one of the bands. And you, you know, always get that feeling like, oh man, I wish I was up there playing. I wish I was playing. I wish I was doing this. I wish I was doing that. So it's hard to enjoy shows when you're a musician. That's like the worst part of it. It's torturous. It's, yeah, it is. That guy missed, you know, you're like, oh, he's not doing it right. I won't give him You know, and start picking it know, apart. Yeah, you start nitpicking it. So, but yeah, I just, you know, these days I just play a video game called Rocksmith. Yep. Yep. I've seen that one. Yeah, I just I just kind of do that these days. It's it's kind of cool because I have 800 songs and yeah. I can play them all. <laughs> so there in your living room and like rock the fuck out. I'm not allowed in the living room. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> living room. Uh, it's it's all set up in my hobby room. Oh, okay, uh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of sit in there and you know I'll just break down songs and you know I, I don't really memorize songs anymore. Uh, I, I just kind of. Just tool around. I may put a song up on the on the wall and just play that, or just play Rocksmith, do stuff like that. So yeah, I find I don't memorize songs unless I'm like in a band and that we're playing that song. Like, and, and I think like that's I've learned hundreds of songs and then forgotten them. <laughs> that's kind of the challenge when you're not in a band. It's like, why am I killing myself trying to learn this song? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not performing it for anybody. What's the point? Yeah. That's why I think Rocksmith has been such a, a positive for me is because. I'll sit in my room for hours and just play hundreds of, you know, just play different songs. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Good stuff, man. What's your favorite miniature of all time? <laughs> that, like, I own or just all time? Just the, the coolest mini that either you've had, that you've painted, that you've always oh. wanted. Like, what's just the miniature that you think of when you're like, oh, that's just like the coolest one? I think my, my coolest miniature are my Grot Tanks. Nice. Uh, those were those converted Sherman tanks from the cartoon tanks, the Toon tanks or Toon. Yeah, War. yeah, yeah. Like they're yeah, like little chibi tanks, almost like yeah, little fat yeah, tanks. Yeah. yeah, I took three Shermans and I chopped them all up and made them into grot tanks. And uh, it's actually where I learned how to paint yellow because mm-hmm. on Bad Moons all the way. Oh, and nice. So I, I learned how to paint yellow on them and chopped them all up and made them into. Just took, you know, typical. That's why I love orcs for 40K is the conversion. Yeah. I'm, I'm really disappointed in the new codex that we didn't get looted rules, but I understand why they didn't do it. Yeah, they'd rather sell you a model than have you make one. Well, <laughs> there's also the whole concept of uh, modeling for advantage. Sure, yeah, and sure. People, people are, you know, I don't know why people have to win. It's, it, to me, it's just silly, but... Uh, to model for advantage is just ridiculous. Just model something that's cool and have fun with it. Right. 
that's why power point level power levels are kind of how I play nowadays. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just a simpler way. But yeah, it's just fun to convert stuff, and those I are my think, pride and joys. I think orcs and Nurgle both have that in common to where to convert something you don't need to be precise whatsoever, oh, no. <laughs> and, it's, and it still looks pretty good. Like I just like pour goop all over stuff, and I'm like, oh, perfect, done. <laughs> My my buddy's kind of that he's got tyranids and he went out and bought freeze dried meeple worms. Oh wow! And put those on the base and painted over them, and they look oh. twisted on the face. <laughs> oh man, that's gross! <laughs> and this because of the fact I know what they are. I'm like, yeah, oh. those are meeple worms that are free. You know, they were freeze dried, and they yeah, did that. Yeah. now they're train bits. <laughs> I've so. actually seen some hobbyists. I don't remember the the, the person's name. But I think he was some sort of like either like a bug collector, or insect collector, or he was like a professor of such some such thing of, of bugs. But he used like actual insect wings on his tyranids and like insect parts. I think like I saw the post. Mm-hmm. On, mm-hmm. On, that was like last year sometime, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't too long ago. And I saw that and I, I kind of made me feel gross. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, they're all ectoskeleton creatures. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, I mean, that's true. it all works. I mean, it's creepy. I do Nurgle, but I'm not like blowing my nose on my models. I'm like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Uh, uh, not on purpose. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> so, what game or movie universe would you most like to live in? Oh, old old west. Yeah, go back to the old west. Like or, any particular, like like Red Dead Redemption, Old West style, or like uh, I'm Wild, thinking, Wild West with um, I'm thinking movie movie style Tombstone. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, back in the day when you know, you know, shooting somebody for stealing from me was okay. Yeah, it's just the yeah. thing you did. Well, and it's also an Arizona based thing because I'm out here and we have two, you know, tombstones out here. Uh, yeah. was, you know, just just a different time. Granted, there's nothing sexy about living in the past. <laughs> you know? Yeah, everyone's wife, always fucking dirty, like all the time. Yeah, my wife watches all these historical romance movies about uh, uh, pirates or being back in wherever in time, and it's all glory. It's like, yeah, they, no, it didn't look like that. Yeah, no, uh, they, were people, it, yeah, they were gross. They smell. People pissed on the sidewalks. It was pretty normal. But if I was back, I, you know, I think the if I'd go movie style, where it is sexy, and uh, go tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, what's worth spending more on to get it the best? What's worth spending more on to get it the best? Oh. Yep. Well, of course, you know. painting. You know, I, I spend tons of money on trying to get better at painting. Like. Uh, like so far as like the product is concerned, though, like do you use Citadel paints or do you go like more expensive paints and you know like well, I'm, a, I'm a paint whore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm I, I will slap paint on from any company mm-hmm. uh, to give it a shot. But I think if I was if it was a dollar, like what am I going to spend the most on? It's going to be brushes. Yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, the Windsor Newton Series Sevens or the Rosemary. Anybody, I'll try anybody's brushes, but I'll I'll spend the extra seven eight bucks on a brush and not even think twice about it. Um, it's just I I think you get a lot of mileage out of a good brush. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I have no hesitation. I've got you know probably eight Windsor Newton paint brushes. Mm, uh, love them all, and I I abuse the heck out of them. Yeah, do they hold up pretty well? Because yeah. I'm really rough on my brushes too, so I actually don't spend a lot of money on brushes. Well, it depends yeah. on it, how rough you are with your brushes. Because if you're uh, one of those guys that like jams the paint into the cr- corners and recesses, they may not hold up too well for you. <laughs> um, I might be a jammer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're, if you're, you know, but I've had a Windsor Newton brush. I got a a, a one that looks like a double odd zero. Mm. And it's probably about five years old. Oh wow! And it's just, just terrible. Yeah, you just soap them up. Uh, you know, you did um, Alan with Gorilla with a paintbrush, mm-hmm. yeah. and he did a recent video about taking care of brushes and talked a little bit about it. And uh, you know, if you just take care of them, soap them down, and when you're done using them, and and they'll last you forever. Yeah, I try. I just <laughs> I don't know. I'm just mean to brushes, and yeah, it's, well, some people, tools. Some people are heavy-handed with them. Yeah, I guess that's probably a good 
description of me in general. <laughs> Boy, I don't want to see your bass guitars. <laughs> they're, they're pretty. They're some of those guys got beat up pretty hard. But I, um, but I also one of those guys. Like if there's like a nick or something in the paint, like I'll freak the fuck out. I'm like, no, what the fuck? Where did that come from? <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, that's not good. <laughs> no, my Rick has one. Like underneath, oh, no. the, underneath the pickup. And, you know, I don't know. It looks like something fell on it. And I'm thinking it might have happened last time I was jamming with some buddies of mine. And maybe I was out of the room and, like, it fell from the stand or something fell on it. Because it's got, like, a little bit of an indent. And, you know, when, like, an indent happens, it, like, kind of pushes the paint down and then makes, like, a little strip of paint. Yeah, like a little crack in the paint. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what it looks like. And I'm like, how did it get under the pickup? It's, like, by the the bridge pickup. Ooh. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, how did that happen? And it's got something had to have fallen on it, and just nobody said anything to me. And that sucks, but <sighs> it is. I remember when my Warwick fell, and it actually uh, damaged mm. the um, frets. Ooh, it it what it fell, and it, this the e string hit the fret. Ooh, actually, a little indentation in the fret, and it's it Entity. kills me. Just kills me, but it hasn't affected the playing because you know I don't play that good to start with. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, how different was your life one year ago? Um, my life one year ago. You're talking like beginning of 2018. Yeah, Whew, that's a long time ago. Actually, yeah. I, I I think life is pretty much you know I live in the same house and everything's uh-huh. pretty much the same. But my wife has changed jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she's at, and it has affected my Saturday hobby schedule of going to the game shop. So I think that's the biggest change I've had in my life this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, just you know, being married, there's a, it's you know a lot of compromise goes on. So yeah, yeah. Saturday's like <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw, and I, I guess this could be our public service announcement to all the guys that got married over Christmas and New Year's because I saw yeah. the. Facebook yeah. post and stuff on Twitter. You guys, marriage is a lot of work. Uh, it's so much work. Oh my gosh. Yes, I've been. My wife and I got married in '99, and it's it's and I still work on it today because you you're always changing, evolving, and growing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I um, there's an I have a new so I'm doing the Star Trek role playing game, and a buddy of mine and his wife are playing, and they just got married like uh, three months ago. Yeah. And uh, we were kind of talking about, you know, like the house and stuff because they, they liked our house and they really liked the bathroom. I was like, oh, that was like our first project when we moved in. I was like, I tell you what, if you want to test the strength of your marriage, <laughs> do some sort of home improvement project and, then, and, you'll, and you'll really see like where you are. <laughs> our first house was that way. And oh. uh, by the time after the first couple projects together, I just started doing them by myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was uh it doesn't always work that good. It's 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 a lot of hard work. Um tough. and doing projects together is a big one. Yep. Uh, that but yeah, I think that's the biggest change. So, you know, a little bit of compromising, a little bit of, you know, give and take. And I think that's one of the reasons why my wife is willing to play some of the games with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she understands how important gaming is to me. Absolutely. Uh, so she compromises as well. We we goes back and forth. It's not a one-way street. Um, Absolutely. So that, that's the biggest change in the last year. Outside of that, I still work at the same place, do the same stuff. Cool. Yeah. So what's one thing that you really want but you can't afford? One thing I really want I can't afford? But Man, you I, can't I, afford. I, you went from having all the money and the time in the world to now. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. We're taking it all away from you. Now what do you yeah. want? You, you said you wanted the hard questions. <laughs> I want a 21-window microbus. Nice. What are you going to do with your 21 window microbus? Drive it around town. And <laughs> no. drive, I'm going to drive it. It's a, it's a no, Volkswagen like, bus. No food truck, uh, across the oh, country no, tour. No, um, no, no. Da- daily driver. Day, 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 I, want, I don't want one that's all fixed up and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want one that's a little bit lived in. So uh, some idiot at the parking lot opens their door too hard and dings it. I don't cry, kind of like yes, a Rick Ross. Yes, ruin you. Yeah. yeah. So I want something that's a daily. But I've always had. I love Volkswagen Bugs. I like mm. the Volkswagen family, and uh, that's the the one thing that I would love to have. But even a beat up one that's all rusted is still twenty thousand dollars. 
Yeah. I just can't, I can't afford to get one of those. But hey, <laughs> dream, that's the dream. So that's I'd the love, dream. I would love to have one. Very cool. Are you ready for the last question? Oh, shoot. Go. Are you ready? Do you, do you have anything to promote? Oh, so much stuff to promote. So, uh, so much. It's <laughs> so much stuff. So as you know, my buddy and I do a live stream every Saturday morning. It's called uh, What's New with Mike and Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. It's like a Saturday morning news stream where we just talk about, um, you know, our hobby progress and we talk about new products coming out. And we show off new products. We're blessed. We uh, He works for the local friendly game store, Imperial Post Gaming. Oh, okay, cool. So the shop owner allows us to open product and look at it. Oh, which that's is awesome. <laughs> well, it's, it's fun for me. I like opening products. Uh, <laughs> <It> doesn't. <laughs> but then I usually end up buying them all. Which right. Is, you know, it's a yeah. double sword. So yeah, so we do that. It's a you know, like a, we do Saturday morning because it's kind of like you know our generation. Saturday morning was cartoon time. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of mirrored that concept. So that's why we do that Saturday morning. It's really a news stream, talk about product and what's going on locally in the community. You know, like events taking place in the, at the stores, and we do we talk about all the stores in the valley. Very cool. And that's uh, you do like Twitch. Well, we do Facebook Live. So oh, if you okay. go to Facebook, we have a Facebook group uh, called What's New with Mike and Jeff, and you can follow it there so you can get notified. But that's our Saturday morning stream, and then after that, we upload it to YouTube. So if you want to follow it and you can watch it later at your convenience, you can always check it out on YouTube. Same thing, What's New with Mike and Jeff. Um, awesome. I'm on Twitter, Twitterverse, and Twitterverse. the Greenskins, DA Greenskins. Um, how long have I, I don't know how long I've been on Twitterverse. Uh, it's been a while. Been a while. <laughs> it's been a while for all of us. Yeah. So, and uh, yelling into the darkness, hoping someone will listen. Yeah. Well, it, I think Twitter's been a, a great thing for the hobby. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's you know there's good there's great people on Twitter, uh, fun to talk to, and you know sometimes it gets a little rough when there's something, especially politic part of it all. Uh, but uh, you know that that fades quickly. And then we go back to the normal, uh, normal back stuff. Game. Miniatures and plastic yeah. spacemen's painting our little plastic space people and having fun and just, and just loving the hobby. So I think Twitter is a great place. I'm also trying to. I'm, I mess around a little bit with Instagram, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get it. Um, yeah, it's for the younger folks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the new music. It's like the new music of social. I don't understand it. <laughs> don't get it. So, but I try every once in a while. And then um, also locally, we have a, a YouTube kind of celebrity that's out in Arizona. Uh, it's Andy's Hobby Headquarters on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he I've owns, heard of that. Yeah, Andy's Hobby Headquarters is local. He owns a little, it's a model shop. And something about just watching him build models is just very relaxing. Yeah, that's what I just have a good time. So, yeah, that's my, that's my promotions, man. So, good awesome. stuff. Good, good, good stuff. Yes. Mike, the Greenskins, thank you for answering 20-odd questions. It was a pleasure to spend time with you answering your questions. Yes. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, very cool. I will check out what's new, and everyone else should, too. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. So you might have seen... The Nurgling Strike List, if you're on the Twitters and you follow me on the Twitter and you see the hashtag Nurgling Strike, well, it is doing pretty fantastically. So the backstory of Nurgling Strike List, Adepticon 2019, coming in March. I sign up for the Friendly Tournament every year. That's like my favorite tournament to play. It's uh, run very well, and we just have a good time, and you spend a lot of your time just basically yelling and just being ridiculous. And then there's some games involved. So we were talking about the concepts for our list um, with the guys that I usually play 40K with, and I said, I just want to run all Nurglings. Now, in the past, running all Nurglings has been an issue because in previous editions, Nurglings couldn't take objectives. So taking a bunch of Nurglings was okay, but... Ultimately, you're going to lose the game if it's objective-based because there's no way you can take objectives with it. But now with 8th obje- uh, uh, edition, I'm going to learn how to speak. With 8th edition, 
you count objective scoring by how many models are around it, and there's really no uh, difference between a swarm and this thing and that thing or the other, so it seemed like the way to go. So I went about building a list, and the first iteration of the list was pretty much all Nurglings, a couple of Plague Bearers, and um, I think it was Epidemius, who Epidemius buffs your entire uh, list, if, as long as it has Nurgle Demon in the keywords uh, for however many units you destroy. But uh, it's very slow going, and Nurglings don't kill a whole lot, so that was not a good match. So the current iteration, I decided I needed to get things that move a little quicker. The Nurglings have an awesome special rule that allows them to deploy within 9 inches of their enemy's deployment zone and 9 inches of any enemy models. So at the beginning of the game, they're pretty much right up on the enemy's deployment zone, and they can deploy anywhere. So some of those strange deployment zones that kind of split the board into quarters, I can just sort of surround my enemy with Nurglings. So the list is actually five squads of Nurglings, and each of those squads is nine Nurgling bases. Uh, you know, Nurglings have four wounds apiece, four attacks apiece, but they're only toughness two, weapon skill four. Um, so that's quite a bit of Nurglings there. And then I have three squads of Plague Drones, which are the Flying Bug Fellows. And there's only three in those squads. And then two Demon Princes, both with wings. And those guys both have uh, axes, which do a lots of work. So, so far the Nurgling Strike list, I believe, is three, three wins, one loss out of the last four games. Uh, in this particular iteration of it. Um, it's working out because at the beginning of the game, thanks to the special Mischief Makers rule where they're allowed to set up pretty close to my enemy's deployment zone, I can often get a charge in on the first turn. And with that many wounds and 5-up Invol Demon Save and a 5-up Disgustingly Resilient, as long as the weapon hitting me is a damage 1, um, they are they, they stick in combat for a long, long time because of so many wounds. So, I mean... With that squad of Nurglings, that's four wounds times nine. Let me do some quick math here. That's, what, 36 wounds to get through for one squad of those Nurglings? Double five-up saves. So, yeah, whenever I charge something, I usually tar pit it pretty well. And then in that time, the Plague Drones, which move about 10 inches... Uh, can make their way up the field to sort of bolster whatever combat is going on, or they can jump on objectives as well. But the real stars are my two demon princes with the demon uh, axes that they carry. It's like AP minus three, and then it's three damage, and they get four attacks. Uh, they have a special rule that allows them to reroll ones to hit for themselves and whoever's in six inches. So pretty much whenever they hit something, they're guaranteed to like kind of wallop it pretty good. You know, there's the occasional whiffing of every attack, you know, and that usually happens whenever you have models that are incredibly strong that only have, like, four attacks each. But uh, two or three good uh, wallops on somebody can take stuff out pretty quickly. So far, I've battled against, I believe it's Admex, Space Wolves, and Death Watch. The Death Watch game was the game that I lost pretty hard um, I only managed to kill maybe seven of my opponent's models, and he just sort of plowed through everything else. So I think armies that have a high output of shooting, which those guys, like every other dude, seems to carry a heavy weapon of some sort, are just like taking me out like really quickly and easily. So I did manage to hold on to the objective that was in my actual deployment zone, which was the only objective at that point in the game since it's one of those, you know, roll a dice and this becomes the main objective. And the one that I did capture was on my side. Um, so I kind of held out, and he had to, like, march over to my side of the field, but it actually got there quicker than I anticipated. And the last turn of the game, he managed to uh, obliterate all of my Nurglings. It was two squads of nine Nurglings on that objective. And he just tore through everything, first by shooting and then by close combat. You know, and these guys have flamers and flamer pistols and heavy bolt guns. And then in close combat, they have uh, power fists and all kind of like cool power weapons that were just like ripping me apart. So from special weapons like that, it's very difficult, especially with the overwhelming weight of fire that he was able to put on the on the Nurglings. But, um, you know, otherwise, with sort of uh, damage one weapons like chain swords and bolt pistols and things, I do pretty well. 
It's those multiple damage weapons I don't get my disgusting resilience save against for the Nurglings in particular. So overall, I'm pretty happy with the list, and I've spent a lot of time recently putting gross uh, clear resin all over everything to make it extra slimy. I built another brand new demon prince out of another demon prince that I had sitting around because I just like making demon princes. Turns out that's a thing I enjoy doing. So the Nurgling Strike list, 1,500 points, it's doing pretty well. Uh, I got to play it against a couple of different armies. I haven't really played it against any non-Space Marines yet. So that will be interesting to see, uh, like, you know, for example, orcs who just have a crap ton of models. Uh, interesting to see, you know, how it does against different lists. Against power armor guys, I'm feeling pretty good. I think that, you know, if I play smart, I can usually come out ahead. Which, you know, when you have Nurglings that tend to die pretty quick, you have to play smart. Um, and, you know, play toward the objectives, like I always say. But, uh, yeah, I need to play against some some orcs or some necrons or some other things that kind of see how it's going to fare against all those extra different special rules. So I'm excited about it. And if you follow me on Twitter, check out that hashtag Nurgling Strike to see how it's doing. Because it's, um, it's Nurglingtastic. It's a good time. Hey, if you made it this far, I'd like to thank you for spending some time with me on the HavocCast. You can find the HavocCast on www.thelonelyhavocs.com. You can find it on iTunes. You can find me on Spotify and also Google Play. And if you're in the area of Fairview Heights, Illinois, check out Fantasy Books and Games, my local game store. I will be running paint classes on Sundays now. Basic beginner paint class stuff to kind of get people started in the painting hobby. I'm not going to get crazy with it and start trying to teach like uh, a bunch of advanced things right out of the gate. But uh, I want to teach people the basics. I think the basics are important. You have to uh, get some solid fundamentals. And that's what I want to teach. Thank you for joining me for another Havoc Cast podcast to all my lovely nerds. Good night. Good night.